0: Imagine a world in which PTSD no longer robs for millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people it is so true.
1: I just didn't feel like I wanted to open up to anybody or tell them what I was going through.
0: Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And
2: I said, I yeah.
3: don't want to, I, I can't, I don't want to live this trauma again yeah. because yeah. you don't have to. And yeah. I said, yeah. what? The hospital I went to and the experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD.
0: Each week we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma.
1: I wanted so desperately to be a good mother and get my life back, so I found life after PTSD and I started driving and listen I called my boyfriend and said hello
2: I've got something you need to listen to
0: this is life after PTSD well I want to welcome everybody to another episode of life after PTSD my name is Jeff McLaughlin hosting as always and in the typical makeshift studio that we find ourselves in Carrie Russo how are you
3: I am doing great are you sure Basically, yeah. Why
0: Actually. the insecurity now that I've asked that question?
3: No, I, I'm, I'm doing really great. I <laughs> had it really.
0: <laughs> Mr. Canova, how's it going?
1: Jeff, use the force for good, would you?
0: I try, but uh, welcome home to the to the second home. You've got your condo here now, I assume. I do. Right? Just took possession of it. Cool,
1: condo so Marriott
0: down here from the Great White North. Forget you guys. You guys are the usuals. Kim Crawcheck, how's it going? Welcome. I'm doing great. Yeah, Thanks, cool. Jeff. I'm so excited to uh, to have you on the show. We've had you on the show a couple of times, but it's usually like patching you in. Like, I just just give us a picture when we're doing the. Are, are you like driving in a car somewhere and just like rocking multitasking when you do the show with us, or or how's that work, or do you find your little layer to
2: no, when you guys called me, I was pacing around in an empty classroom. <laughs>
0: nice. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So today we are going to uh, dive into a, a subject here. I know, Alan, you had some things that you wanted to talk to Kim about, but um, Kim, one of the things that in recent conversations with you has just such—it's uh, been such a, um, an impression that's been left on me is your heart for the uh, parents of the Douglas High School kids, like the Marj, the MSD community, Parkland, Coral Springs. Of course, we've. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know who Kim is, Kim has been on sharing her story. But maybe in a, I don't know, like an elevator conversation, could you just share just who you are and?
2: Sure, my name is Kim Krafcheck. Um I'm a Marjorie Stoneman Douglas teacher. I was on the third floor of the 1200 building on February 14th, 2018.
0: You are such a trooper, by the way. We put you in some situations, I'm sure, like, who are these crazy people, and why is this happening right here? We um, should
1: have gone live last night in the bar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, not a All good right. idea. All right. not I, a good I thought idea. we were on
1: point. There,
3: there was actually no bar. We were outside at a <laughs> yeah, table. Yeah, that was, a, that was <laughs> a
0: grill that happened at bar in the title. Yeah, just for that's it. <laughs> yeah. We were outside. Sake. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Hey, Kim, we just are on the tail end of an RTM training here, our second one in... Uh, Coral Springs Parkland. I almost said Coral Springs and Parkland. <laughs> Coral Springs Parkland, and uh, and the bang. and Alan brought you up to share with the clinicians. Um, that made I got excited for that because there's what 16 being trained absolutely right now who are going to take Rtm and now have a tool in their arsenal to be able to help this community. And uh, he brought you up to share your story, but the more important thing, he kind of gave you the mic drop opportunity and you took it and it just nailed it. What would you say to you know, we've talked so much about the students, and obviously they'll forever remain in focus here, but what would you say to the parents? What What do you want for them right now um, as someone who I know cares deeply for the students that you're working with?
2: I think it's important for the the parents to model the behavior they want to see from their kids. A lot of the kids are really trying to, quote-unquote, be strong for their parents, or they think that if they show some si- some type of weakness, that means there's something maybe wrong with the family or inherently wrong with the child. I think if the parents actually took a step back, realized that it must have been terrifying that day to wait on the lawn for your child to come out of the building or wait for that text to come back or, you know, be standing in the street with all of those lights around you, ambulances, sirens, screaming, and just hoping that your child would come out of the building. If they can... Just admit that they're not okay with what happened and go and get some help now. They'll be in a better place to make sure that their kids are getting the right help. And not everybody needs the same thing, but you have to start somewhere, right? And and the first step is to start talking about what you need or, or how you're going to get back to being at least a, some semblance of normalcy in your life.
3: Yeah,
1: that's a powerful statement, Kim. I'm really interested. It's been eight weeks since you and I met <clears throat> and that uh, you got to experience the RTM firsthand. And I'm really interested in, in your state. And so when I met you, you weren't sleeping through the night. You were having sleeping difficulties and uh, you were being triggered into what I call inappropriate and unwarranted emotional states. And and since that time, you know, I know you, you did the demo with me and then you got uh, you did the follow on sessions with Carrie and Joycey. And maybe you could just explain, you know, what life's like right now, eight weeks later in terms of sleep patterns and emotional states and that sort of thing.
2: I feel much more centered. I can focus again on things that I need to I can. I am sleeping through the night, so I'm doing well with that. Much less angry. I'm able to move through the stages of. Grief I'm, smiling be, I'm smiling at you,
1: I'm smiling at you because I've seen you <laughs> excited about a subject, and I'm just imagining you angry.
2: I, 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 oh, so. I would call that aggression, Alan. Thank you for calling me on that. Thanks. I can be but aggressive without. She's being a angry. Detroit
0: girl, man. She's a Red yeah. Wings fan. Come on, yeah. you know. I joke with her. I think she was the first one to ever throw an octopus on the ice, yeah. right there. So, and so she wasn't aiming for the ice, too. I think she was aiming for the goalie. but you know. So you you find yourself
1: more centered, and and yeah. I'm interested. You said you can focus. So while you, while you were experiencing the po- uh, the effects of post traumatic stress, you had a hard time focusing. A
2: really difficult time focusing. The, on, on even everyday tasks. It, it, it's a struggle. It, it's interesting because a couple of people have come to us and, and you know, talked about PTSD. And, and when they bring up things like, you know, you're going to have a hard time going to the store and, and buying toothpaste. I mean, they couldn't have been more right.
1: It, it couldn't been more right, but I, I'm always concerned and I'm always interested in how we deliver messages. So if I tell, if I give you, a, you know, imagine that I'm, I diagnose somebody and I say, you have PTSD and you're going to f- have these things happen to you. And I list the things that are going to happen to them. And then the person goes and does them. And, and I often wonder that when, and I, I deal with clients who have been labeled all sorts of labels from OCD to PTSD to whatever. And, and it, you know, when once a person's labeled, many, many people take that label on as a persona, right? And the behaviors that follow it you know, because they've been told they link to it, then they say, okay, yeah, I have PTSD. Now I, I have a hard time going to the grocery store and it just builds on builds on. Right. And, and, you know, we've been around the, the community enough to hear those messages. One-on-one people are giving them one-on-one, one on a small group. And we've heard people from a big stage. Some right. people with PhDs say it from a stage. Right. And you heard the message that it's going to take a long time to heal your trauma probably. Right. And then, but it didn't.
2: Yeah, no. Then once I followed through with the the rest of the sessions, right? Yeah, in, it, I mean, in
1: in total time, couple weeks. Yeah, tops. Tops, wow.
3: Which and is not y- the message that they're getting. That's not the message that kids are getting, right? That that it's you know I think the reason why we had some of the people taking their lives. I mean, one reason that we have people taking their lives in general, but even in this situation, is they were told. You know, once you get to a year, things are going to start to get better when you pass that year. And I think you talked about that too. The right. benchmarks, we wait for the benchmarks. And when things aren't getting better, people don't know what to do. They're like, is this my life forever? I'm going right. to feel like this always. It's really overwhelming. That's why this therapy is so important for people to experience it because it's completely different than anything else.
2: Yeah, one it, of the things I'm going to say is it removed the sense of despondency right away. Right, right, right away. away. A, That's cool. Yeah, right away. First session. That's
1: so good to hear. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not a panacea. I, I, anybody listening out there, we're not selling a panacea. This isn't a, hey, come do a session with us, it fixes everything. It's a highly focused neurological intervention on trauma. Now, every time a person is traumatized, it's potentially that they could have come away with new beliefs about the world they live in. That based on the trauma, they made a decision to believe certain things. The intervention may or may not release those decisions. And so, let's say that a person was traumatized at night in a park by persons wearing a baseball hat. They may decide that people with wearing baseball hats are dangerous. They may decide that parks are dangerous. They may decide that being out at night is dangerous. We clear the trauma of the assault. Some or all of those decisions may disappear. And in the hands of a good clinician, they'll clear those other decisions that don't empower the client. And so, when you say you no longer felt despondent, I, I just I just hear empowerment. And When you tell me that you can make you, know, you can focus and you sleep and you have energy, that just that just you know I just hear empowerment. You're you're getting closer every day to being the person you were meant to be. You said something on uh, up at the front to me today about people living their full potential. Explain more about that.
2: On the on their timeline, these kids have an awful event, right? It, it, the worst event possible—the death of a child—that is it, that could stop them from progressing, or or you know they they could be stuck in that moment and just living in that one particular place over and over and over, with the guilt and the and the fear and the anger that comes with having gone through something like that, and until they get a chance to deal with it appropriately. It never leaves you, right? It's always going to be a part of you. But it is possible for you to be the best person that you were born to be. Everybody is here for a purpose and a reason. Everyone. And I just want my kids to have the opportunity to go out and be who they were always meant to be. They can use part of this experience. Hopefully, it's something that helps them grow, not, not you know, makes them stagnant or or stops anything from from stops them from making progress
1: I, i'm such a fan of victor Frankl's book man's search for meaning now he was interned in the holocaust and his parents and his wife passed away and he he emerged from that and created a thing called logo therapy logo uh means meaning meaning therapy and in his research he found that people without meaning did very very poorly In that situation in in very dire situations and the people who had purpose and meaning did far better And so his whole therapy logotherapy is about finding meaning and so as you say this event happened in your life and Each of us nothing has any meaning except the meaning we give it Nothing has any meaning except the meaning we give it and to Fully remember those events of that day and give them meaning that's appropriate with appropriate and warranted emotions and then learn and move forward from it seems like the right thing to do to me. You know, as I sit here talking to you, it seems like the right thing to do. And I know you advocate hard for children and teachers and families. You have since it happened, but, but you know, every time I, I get, we get to get caught up again together, I find there's a renewed sense of energy. Last night when we were out together socializing, you know, I get to sit back and sort of bathe in the energy that, you know, and I'm listening to the conversation. It was brilliant last night. You know, it was so extemporaneous and so much fun. And and I and I actually see you manifest what you're saying, getting to live with purpose. Yeah. So what's next for you? You know, now you're in this state. When I first met you at Eagle Haven that day, you were not in this state. No. You you, you know, and uh, bless you for helping those children have a support
0: group, taking them out for dinner and all that fun stuff. So what's coming up next for you? you know, I want to say something about that because that's been the one consistent thing all along is... I don't think I've ever seen a teacher care as much for her students as you do. There's just something powerful about. It. I'm not saying there isn't that you know it's not out there, but you know you've just been you've been a uh, um, like a mother you've got that motherly protective thing going on with those kids and it's amazing and and not just the protection thing now wanting to empower them. And so please, whatever that is, don't lose that, Kim. I mean, I'm dead serious. Like that's, that's what makes Kim, Kim. And I'm like, well, this is why it's infectious to be around you. If that, what's, you know? what's so
3: funny is it, you being a math, I don't know if you mentioned that you're a math teacher. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I didn't know that was possible <laughs> of a math teacher. You know what I mean? like.
3: But what's funny <laughs> is we've worked with some kids from MSD <laughs> and we'll, we'll say, oh, do you know, you know, you know, Kim Krawcheck and you know, math teacher like, oh, Miss K. Everybody
0: knows <laughs> you. Yeah. Everybody. That's, that's,
3: that's, that's who I go talk to. Yep. That's. That's who everybody goes and talks to. Are you sure
0: not a guidance counselor who really does math that. on the side? I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's amazing. No. It's amazing. But, Don't lose that. Yeah. And,
2: and I appreciate it. I'm not the. I'm not the only one who still keeps in contact with their kids, I and know. you I know, know. And try, But 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 yeah, I appreciate it. And I'll be quite honest with you, until the day that I die, if those kids hadn't been the soldiers that they were in that room that day. Um, they didn't have to listen to me. They could have, right? We've had rooms where other kids got out and, yeah. and, and they didn't listen to their teacher. I, I mean, I, you guys know where my room was, right? Um, yeah. So I I, I They wouldn't all be here. If they didn't yeah. listen to you, I, they wouldn't all be here. I appreciate those kids for who they are. Mm-hmm. I, I love them before this happened now. Um, I love them and I'm going to fight for them yeah. for everything that they need.
3: And I know you even talked about- Parents calling you and saying, "Hey, I, I know my child was love. you know, loves you, and you you advocate for your my child." Okay, I'm just powerful. I got I got to really continue powerful. the love fest for Kim here just for a second because I was
0: reminded of something, Kim. For years, I told this story in the context of a uh, well, it doesn't really matter. It was a story that Snopes unfortunately debunked. You know, Don't you hate it when that happens. Like, man, that's a really good story. So it was uh, it was a story that's now been debunked by Snopes, but it was the story of um, Jean Thompson and Teddy Stalwart. And basically, long story short, is it's a second grade teacher. That has this student that is just like is out of place comes from not from a great family or whatever. The teacher just uh, does not um, invest in this child early on and then it come Christmas time as the story is is told um, kids bringing in all these uh, kids are bringing in gifts for this teacher. They don't do that anymore, I assume, right? Yeah, it's Yeah, yeah, but they do. Because <laughs> I—that uh, should have been my first tip that this story was a complete farce. Because it's like, yeah, and they were bringing—and I don't mean gift cards. You know that—that's a joke for <laughs> yeah. you. I was, saying, you know, it's like anyway. I like star gift Tiffany, cards. No, Bring yeah, yeah. So this, but this, this kid that was sort of the outsider kid, you know, brought in. Um, the way the story goes is his mom had died, and there was like an old bottle of perfume that wasn't so expensive. He didn't, you know, they didn't come from wealth. And this teacher's heart was broken for this kid. And she, uh, even while while she was opening his gifts in front of the class, all of the other uh, kids were kind of snickering. But she knew right in that moment, like her, you know, she 180 on this kid and just rallied the class around, you know, loving him and um, made it her mission the rest of that year to just invest in him rather than take almost a sense of pride and, you know, writing him off as she, I mean, she invested in this kid. And so, unfortunately, again, it's not true, but the story continues that, you know, he then, it changes the trajectory of his life. He finishes high school, he's like top in his class, college and then she gets an invitation one day from Theodore J Stalwart, MD right i just finished med school it's like one of those stories like hallmark movies love this kind of you know um my wife's but, a, a but hallmark channel it,
3: those are th- there are some true stories there like are that. there are we this all one have unfortunately pivotal is not but, but see that and lives. that's my
0: point i think i think there's going to be stories that are going to come that that you're going to be at graduations at at med schools and things like that from some of these kids because of the work that you're doing here on the ground you know we're all just one person out of 7 billion or whatever walking planet earth but i you know, um, unfortunately, I'm sure tragedy magnified that. But I think that you were doing that already. And 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 one of the cool, you know, if there is a silver lining to any of this, one of the, the cool things is that, you know, you've been given a greater, um, say, credibility in the lives of these kids. And I think they're going to soar and they're going to empower, you know, you're going to empower them to. You know, to go the distance. So, so thank you for that. I mean, who knows, who knows the cure for cancer isn't in your care right now, you know, and that's, yeah. a, I know it's a lofty no, kind of yeah, thing, but, 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 you know, but who's to say also that there isn't, you know, the best mom and dad out there, or the best, the best at whatever they do, even if it's not going to revolutionize the whole world, it's going to revolutionize whatever sphere of influence that they have. And, you know, I think that's a credit to the power of what you do. There ain't a better job in the world. So I love it. My mom's a teacher, by the That's way, so nice. I'm learning some brownie points here, you know, if I can do that, and a mother-in-law is too, so I, wonder I have you, a bit of a bias here, but, yeah. you know, I'm just saying, I just, uh, you're you're such a home run. You really are. We just <laughs> love you. You know that. So.
1: so, so Kim, we've asked you many, many times how you can support us, but let's turn it around. You know, you, you have this passion for helping the children and your co-teachers, right? And, of course, you want to support the parents as well, but it, it, the priorities for you, in my interaction with you of course are the the students so how can we support you in helping students move through this because i i'm really concerned about the students who leave that school now who leave teachers like you and end up going to university still suffering
2: right um again i think it goes back to making sure well the trainings that you're doing right now that's a huge support making those connections and making sure there's help available and and again communicating to you know the parents in the community that it's it's all right to go out and and get some help there's no brave face in this there's a loss of life that can't it was beyond compare yeah. it, it is the least reasonable thing that i've ever heard of right in in my lifetime i i know there's uh, other catastrophic things that would that have happened i get that i i honestly do but the absolute tragedy i don't i don't have a it's word to devastation. Enough, it's de- more de- than devastation of the, the si- of this situation and the community and and parkland is a very that parkland carl springs community are a very very tight knit group everybody knows everyone they're in dance class together they went to you know jcc together they went to pre k together they you know they they go to the same
0: Rec soccer, just gotta throw some love out there. They
2: have the same. They participate in the same sports, and they all know the same people, and they're so intertwined. And it's, it, it's really attacked the fabric that makes these people, you know, in some cases, who they are. And I just want them to know that there's. It's never going to go away, but. You still have, you know, there there is a chance to get some healing. You 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 suggested that it's more of a healing type of a thing instead of a you know instead of it being a diagnosis that needs a cure, it's an actual healing process, right. and and you get to start functioning as a person again, and you can honor the person's memory and and what you went through, and you can learn from the situation and and work towards. Making making things better, right?
3: And and what you said, PTSD. What we talk about, PTSD is not a disorder, but a, an an right. injury. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's an injury that can be healed. It's not a disorder and, and that's lifelong.
1: And as a teacher, you know how important words are, the things we say to children, and the things we say to each other, the things we say to ourselves. And so, for the medical community, they know what a disorder means, and it doesn't. It's not the same, in my experience, as what the general public. View disorder as view disorder means illness in the in the general public population, and and it differentiates you from others, and but an in injury we all get injured playing sports we get injured we roll an ankle we do stuff but the injuries heal, and I think that single perceptual position, of illness versus injury is a powerful tool. If children just thought they had an injury like a broken arm, if they had a broken arm, they'd go get it set, right? Right, right. And so if if they knew that what they were going through. It was profound for me to hear that that young man we worked with this morning publicly mm-hmm. in as a demonstration say that you know because his family has a big military experience he knew on that day that he had PTSD and that he'd ha- that because of what he saw he'd have PTSD it was already installed in him that he'd have PTSD and, and I know from from my work and from being in humanitarian situations and post conflict places like like Iraq and others that if I take 10 people in the field or a, two of them will get post-traumatic stress if we see something horrific or something horrific happens to us, two will process it as, they'll process it as a fact, they'll make sense of it and they'll move forward in their life. And the six in between will be affected in a continuum. And so some of the children at, at uh, MSD have probably processed it and, and made sense of it in their, they've normalized it in their world and they're moving ahead reasonably well. Right. At least twenty percent of the children have full-on blown PTSD, debilitating, and and it probably get worse over time. And then sixty, the sixty percent in the middle have it in varying degrees. And and to our mind, we we haven't heard, we haven't seen, we've asked for documentation. How severe is the issue in terms of its breadth and scope? Have you seen any documentation where they've actually done some sort of scan of the student population, the teacher population? Say this many people have PTSD. No, not in so far as I know. Wouldn't you think that would be a good thing to do to actually get a grip on what the size of the issue is?
3: Well, they, they can't. They can't. Because if they do, they have, to, they have to treat it. If the school system assesses the kids formally, they then have to treat them. And I was told, I mean, th- this was told right. to me, they don't have the resources and they can't be responsible for that. And so we, I mean, something else has to be done. Is that and, your
1: experience, Kim, that you haven't seen it as a teacher? You're in the fray. And you haven't seen the documentation. You when you when you look at the thirty children in your how many
2: children in your students were, in your class? There
1: were twenty five. No, but today, how many students in your class?
2: Um, I average around yeah somewhere between twenty eight and thirty. So and help per class right per class per classroom. That's good. and
1: how many class and how many classes? How do many you, sections do you know, I have? Seven. Seven. So so you see approximately two hundred children, two hundred students, and of those two hundred students, if that twenty sixty twenty rule holds. Twenty percent of two hundred is forty. There's at least forty students that have full-on PTSD.
2: Do you know who they are? Has any some of them you can identify right away just by the by by the way that they look physically. Um, Some of them, some of the behaviors that they're exhibiting. Yeah, you know, you try to work with those kids as much as they can. But everybody's been walking around for such a long time saying, "I'm fine." I don't think they know how to respond any other way. When watch
1: watch this. Watch how fast Jeff tries to get to the bleep button. There he goes. He's going for my mic. <laughs> He's going for my mic. You know what fine stands for? Oh
2: no. <laughs> you
1: know what fine stands I'm for?
3: To ask. No. F would
1: up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Yeah. I hear fine, all my antenna go up. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate it's a word. I'm fine. It's sort of a packaging word, right?
3: Well yeah, Kim we were outside earlier and Kim looked at me and said Oh, I was hoping you would work with this particular kid, and 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 she, and then you said he's he's just the wrong color, and I was like, what? What are you? Why are you saying that? thinking you're talking color like oh. and then i realized <laughs> oh no. you mean the wrong color like he's gray because he's not he's eating gray. Not he's, like a per, yeah. he's like a purplish I and mean, i looked at you so funny like um <laughs> 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 what do you mean
1: kim kim's from detroit <laughs> <you> <laughs>
0: <know>. <laughs> but i mean but i you know he's i realized not, yeah
3: he's not yet,
2: sleeping and he's
1: not sleeping he's not, not, eating, sleeping properly and he's not and
3: eating and she know. said physically you can see the shade of his skin is not the right color because he's not taking care of himself.
1: And you know, Kim, the, the documentation on sleep deprivation, they use it as a tool in certain nefarious activities, sleep deprivation. We also know that when people don't get the requisite sleep for a period of time, it starts doing central nervous system damage. So for these young people who are still evolving as, you, you know, they're growing, their their bodies are changing and growing, sleep deprivation is seriously damaging. Yeah. And And you know you were there, you weren't sleeping, right? Right. And and you know as an adult the cost to you, the toll that you, it took on you. What about your health? What about the rest of your health? Tell us about your life right
3: now. Hey Life After PTSD listeners, we're glad that you love other stories of healing. But what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's
0: that easy. Daily stress is difficult to avoid, but you can better cope with it thanks to the unique natural frequency technology within all Philip Stein watches. Recent clinical studies have shown that wearing it regularly can significantly improve cognitive functions, mood, and perceived stress. Philip Stein, natural frequency technology. Visit philipstein.com and use promo code PTSD10. That's philipstein.com Promo code PTSD10 now, what else is
1: happening? I, I heard some other yeah, changes what was in your blood wind. pressure she's numbers, like, Kim? Um, at your okay. last visit, how did you no, do but, but um, you know, your motivation to do things. You, you said you, you you weren't motivated to do at things. She was CrossFit like, today. Come I, did, now. I, did. I did. What? She was like
3: doing CrossFit. Come on, seriously, it. when I met you, when I
0: met yeah, you too much, there of was her. no CrossFit. But <laughs> no, I, I heard was was out of her today, they beat me up today, and she's like, and I loved it. Did you say you hated it, actually? No, I hated it. Yeah, you hated it, but you go back. But I
3: bought Ted's Oh, ten, I love it.
0: bought 10 sessions.
3: Okay, I'm coming um, to CrossFit with you next time I come downtown. <laughs> hey, Kim.
1: Glenn for punishment right there. Kim, Kim OKB. Okay, OKB, okay, bring it.
3: That's right. So I just want to say, as a clinician, as a therapist, um, since we we're going down the wrong path there for a minute. No, but no seriously, as a therapist, um, being able to use, you know, you know I we I, I told you why we're here. We're here because a parent reached out to me in, in Orlando because I dealt with Pults. So we came down, worked with that child and they got so significantly better that other kids were seeing it and we like, Oh, we need to bring training here. But as a, as a therapist, which you've seen other therapists, it's so empowering to be able to use the tool of RTM because it's so much easier. Like when you did the therapy, you laughed. I don't know if you remember that, like not in the beginning, not in the very beginning, but you know, it's lighter, it's easier to do. Right. It's not, it, you don't have to tell your story. You didn't have to bear all of your everything negative.
2: That, and that's actually one of the things when I talk to, like, my students or when I talk to people about um, my experience with RTM, one of the things that I did like about it is I didn't have to relive everything right. moment to moment um, in what I went through because conjuring all that up really um, it can be pretty traumatizing.
1: You yeah. yeah. You know what I'm going to suggest you, too, because of the way the protocol works, um, and we know this uh, from Dr. Karim Nadir at McGill University, who is a world-renowned expert on reconsolidation. When that memory gets reconsolidated, when we do the protocol with you, we're actually reconsolidating a traumatic, fragmented memory. And in that
0: reconsolidation... And, and for the good of the group, explain that real quick. Just in a nutshell, what 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 happens in a memory reconsolidation? Like, how would you give me an analogy?
1: Well, when we take a EEG of a person's put them in an EEG and have them access a traumatic memory on all the frequencies, alpha, beta, high beta, delta, theta. It lights up. There's activity on all frequencies all over. the brain's in
0: chaos mode basically everywhere. Yeah, and and
1: Dr. Jeff LeWine at Mind Research has actually identified a pattern that exists in high beta of people who have PTSD. So you do the protocol and you wait five days. So you do three sessions and you wait five days. And five days later, go back in EEG. And access the traumatic memory, and it lights up the same as what did you have for breakfast today? So it moves over from a memory that's highly fragmented. And the fragmentation on all these frequencies allows a person to be hypervigilant. And the hypervigilance is a result of your brain's perfect reaction in an abnormal situation that says, holy bleep. If anything like this happens again, I need to be aware of it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be vigilant to everything, all the time, everywhere. Right? And you replay that memory, you're hypervigilant. So every time you, if you study uh, Dr. Julia Shaw, she says every time we have a memory, we recreate the memory. So you're recreating the traumatized memory over and over and over again in its traumatized state. The process of the RTM reconsolidates the memory. And it, you have one sleep between session, it moves from short-term trace to long-term trace. You can have that I believe, and Dr. Uh, Nadir would confirm, that every time you have this consolidated memory, now it becomes stronger as a consolidated memory. And to date, we have no recorded recurrence. You were on, the, on a podcast yesterday with Dr. Richard Dr. Gray, Gray yeah. uh-huh. and you asked him, you know, we followed people for a year actively and no active re- recurrence, and we've, we, we've quit following them after a year. We still have nobody calling in saying... I've had a recurrence. Now people get re-traumatized because a lot of the people we work with are in in, uh, work situations that trauma exists, but they're not, they don't have a recurrence. So fundamentally, that's how that works. So Kim, I'm telling you, every time you tell that story, that memory becomes more stable, less traumatizing. Tell it as often as you want. Tell it as often as you want. It becomes more stable, less traumatizing, and you have access to more appropriate and warranted emotions. Right. And I see that when I'm with you. So when we were at the Temple of time, after the Temple of Time, I actually had to move away from you guys and observe from 50 feet, because when I was right in it, I was feeling overwhelmed with, what have we, what have we done here? You know Here's a woman that I met six weeks earlier who, who couldn't even talk about it. And here we are celebrating. we were celebrating at the Temple of Time. We we're literally celebrating, and you're with the young lady who you left out of, uh, let go out of your office and, and then let her back in, right? And you guys were giggling, and then you told that story about telling them to get in the corner in your full vernacular. And I was just so moved by that, that here at this celebration that you could access those memories totally with appropriate and warranted emotions, but also to be able to laugh at your own behavior in, in, in the heat of the activities. Right. That, that's I think that's the right way that we process those, as you say, those tragic events that end up on our timeline. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Let's see. When I was at the temple and I was with the with the young lady, with the one of my students, there was actually a couple of people there. We were just able to kind of process what happened together. And I'll be honest, with that burning, she and I talked about it afterwards, we just felt such a release. We were in a better place so that we could experience that. It didn't. We weren't there because we needed some kind of recovery. We were there because each of us, in our own way, were kind of ready to let go of some of that
1: pain. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to suggest to you: had you still been in the throes of PTSD, if you were still suffering the full impact of post-traumatic stress, I don't know how cathartic being at that temple oh. fire would have been. Right. And I, I don't want you to try and reimagine it differently. I just love what happened for you. And I agree. You you it was uh you didn't have to be there, but it, it certainly felt good, right? Yeah. It certainly did. And the young ladies with you, you could just tell that they admire you and, and look up to you. Defe- and it, definitely it's, and it's so it, it was so much fun. As I said, I moved, you know, I probably wasn't fifty feet away, I was thirty feet away and I was watching and uh, you know, just I didn't want to participate. I just didn't I just wanted to watch you experience that as you. So I feel very fortunate to have been there and see that.
0: Also, when a Canadian gets that close to heat, it creates major issues <laughs> he, as well. He doesn't
3: understand He's that. He doesn't, doesn't, that. Live, <laughs> doesn't live this place. We're like, but you're you not know. from
0: around here, are you? Yeah. <laughs> so
3: Alan has his really, I, I love listening to Alan, Alan's explanation of memory consolidation, but um, I have another one. And um, mine, what I tell my clients is, when we do the RTM and we reconsolidate the memories, it's a way that you, it changes the way your brain interacts with the information.
1: Yeah, traumatic memories, uh, when, when the trigger points for the traumatic memory come in, they bypass. So if they're a visual trigger, they bypass the visual cortex, go right to the amygdala, flight, fight, or freeze. If it's an auditory trigger, they bypass the auditory cortex, go right in. So yeah, absolutely yeah like, right. I,
3: like I said, it just changes the way your brain interacts with the information. It's absolutely right.
1: It's the trigger points never get to the triggering. And right, today's yeah. Sesame
0: Street word of the day is brain. I'll, <laughs> I'll bring it. I'll bring it down to the, the two-year-old level here. Can you spell brain? <laughs>
1: well <laughs> 1234 one, see, see,
3: one, see, see brain up there. Uh, you saw backwards, right? All right. <laughs> you
0: know what? When we get slap happy, that's when you know it's time to end the show, <laughs> and is. that's yeah. why I'm calling it. this thing done. Stick We're a fork done. in it. Hey, Stick if you're out it. there and um, you're you're listening, <laughs> do me a favor. Go and subscribe on YouTube or uh, iTunes or Spotify or whatever your platform is, we drop episodes every single week and, and we really are having a blast telling the stories. We got to take this thing from the shadows and bring it into the light. People need to know the message that that they can not heal for too long. Like you said, Alan, they've been told that this is an illness and you know, this is your new normal and it's one dictated to you. We don't, we don't like that idea at all. So go and subscribe. We drop episodes every Monday, Kim, you're our hero. Thanks for hanging out you today. Are. We finally get of to do the show live it. with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> so cool. So this she's representing fun. the Detroit shirt too. That's I right. love it. There you go. <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's call it okay. a wrap guys.
1: No, I just like to reaffirm her, for her message yeah. to teachers and to parents yeah. model the behavior. You want the the students and the children to do seek treatment heal your PTSD. That's such a brilliant message, Kim. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. That's a brilliant message. And with that,
0: that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. We're so grateful that you listened to the show today. Now imagine a new normal you get to decide with all its possibilities once you are free of PTSD, because that is what is possible. You're here, which means you're ready, but listening alone will not heal you or those you know who are suffering. Join us on the mission to eradicate PTSD by reaching out to lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca or by sharing this message of hope with someone you know.